0: We're going to talk about tonight something that isn't new to us and it's something that I want to make sure is in front of us constantly and it's really about just studying the Bible. And we have people in our church uh, that was um, I look around and even I was looking this past week and we, have, we had like 380 people here this past Sunday. And within that amount of people you have people that have been saved for months, weeks, days, some for many, many years, um, Some who don't know the Lord yet and don't have a relationship with Jesus. Um, Last week, Doug taught, I believe, probably the most important message that's been taught in this series on prayer, and it was very challenging, and about our prayer lives, and um, kind of basic things you would think for Christians, and then tonight, another one of those things that should seem basic for us is this idea of Bible study, and personal relationship, and Bible reading, and I had... Uh, read a poll a few years ago about people going to church and even it it even had a lot of ministers on there and stuff and said ask questions like how many of you have ever read the bible completely through that's a good question isn't it Uh, many of us have been in church for 20 somebody tell me how james how long you've been in church 47 years probably most of those here if i had to guess um, 47 years. Um, there's others that have only been in church for maybe a month, maybe a few months. Um, there's, so we're all along you know, different journeys, different places. And so I really want to try to all of us think, no matter where you're at on this, here's the, here's the point of tonight, and I want to just talk through just some basics on how to do this, is this, all of us should be somewhere in our relationship with the, the Word of God scripturally. Just because we've been saved for 20, 30, been in church for 47 years doesn't mean that we shouldn't be continually studying, continually growing, to continually moving forward. Here's the truth tonight. We're either moving forward and growing, or we're moving backwards and dying. And the Word of God, the longer that I study it, the longer that I get in it, here's what I'm finding. There's passages that I've read a hundred times, and man, I'll be in it, and the Holy Spirit will just speak through that passage, and you'll learn something maybe you didn't know, or it's that perfect encouragement for that day. So what I want to encourage you right off the bat here is just to think about this in your life. Wherever you're at with this is today already. It's Wednesday. We've already we're halfway through the week. This week, today this week, what does your relationship with God's word this week look like? Now, I'm for some of us are probably totally different places on this, but all of us should be somewhere with it. Um, all of us should be in the Word. It should be something that should be part and central to our lives. Studying the Word of God, being in the Word of God. I know you're sitting there already. Some of us are sitting here going, man, here we go. He's already guilted me because I haven't read the Bible at all this week. Don't raise your hand right now. I get it. I've been there. We're going to talk about it. Sometimes there's reasons we don't read it. And uh, we're going to kind of talk through some of this and how to understand it, how to learn about it. I'm going to give you some basic stuff at the beginning just because some of us need to know it. And then we're going to just talk through some things that we've talked through before, probably quarterly. And I think it's a good thing um, for each one of us. And probably eventually uh, have a class as people join the church, as people come to the church, where we talk about how to study the Bible. It's important because of this. If you were to turn on social media or you are to turn on CBN, is that, what's the Christian TBN, is it TBN or CBN? I don't know. Uh, what's the Christian television? Some of y'all that watch that stuff all the time. Help me out. Is there, I don't need I don't have cable. I don't know what it is. What is it, Jeremy? Okay. You're to turn on one of those. You begin to watch someone preach. There's guys that will get up and they'll preach something and it'll sound really good. But can I just tell, and, and there's and we'll buy into it. And if we're not careful, we are only as good as the last sermon on television or on the radio that we've heard. I have preacher friends that I can tell what book they've been reading by what they're preaching because they've learned something their entire lives and then all of a sudden they read a book and guess what they're preaching on? What they read in that book. I have friends that'll, I mean, they've learned something their entire lives and then all of a sudden they'll hear one sermon or one podcast or one book and then now they're on this one and then the next month they're, they're on this issue and then the next, is everybody tracking me on this? And we've got to make sure that it's not, it, that it's the Word of God and the studying of the Word of God that sets the tone and the direction for our life. There are false teachers out there. Does everybody understand that? I mean, there are people that, I read this quote today that said, listen, if you serve Jesus, you're going to be financially, and they were serious, and this is, has a huge following. If you serve Jesus, you're going to be financially blessed. You're going to have no problems type type preaching and that's I mean this health and wealth stuff's huge there's other people that are totally doomsdayers and nothing matters and God just controls you like a robot okay and we just got to be careful about just buying into every single thing that we hear and we do that by understanding the scripture by having a personal relationship with the Lord by studying ourselves 2nd 2 Timothy two fifteen, a verse that we were all familiar with says this study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. And here's the key, and here's the point. Rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 3.16, something that we've all heard and we should have memorized. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable. So all of it's profitable. We understand that. And if, you're, if you come to our church, you understand that. The reason that typically we go what? Verse by verse, book by book is why? Because many of us have been in church for 47 years. Many of us have been in church for 20 years, and there's entire portions of Scripture that we've never heard taught, that we've never studied. I mean, I had conversations with many of you as you came into our church that, man, we've never been in a church that preaches verse by verse. We've never been in a church that preaches book by book. Can the Holy Spirit even be in that? Well, I'm pretty sure he was in it when he inspired it, okay? Like, I know guys, and I'm not trying to be mean, I'm just saying, I used to be of that philosophy. I grew up where, man, on Saturday I'm going to be praying, oh God, I need a message. And then, man, I flip over and point at a verse and take half a verse and then holler about it for the next hour. Just being honest, that's typical in a lot of churches. And that's laziness. And I think what will happen is, if we're not careful in our own lives and as pastors and as ministers and as Christians, we'll use the Holy Spirit as an excuse to be a lazy person. And the Holy, you know, I've told, um, told young preachers this, you know the Holy Spirit knows what we need as we're studying in our office or as we're having our quiet time. Does everybody see what I'm saying there? He works through all of that stuff. So, man, my goal is to encourage you, and part of the reason we preach the way that we do is because I want you to love the Bible. Man, I want you to have your own walk and your own relationship with this book and with God's Word. You know, that's okay. And that's, that's, that's how it should be. It shouldn't be where you just have to... And listen, where, where we just come where someone else is just shoving it down your throat or you have to listen to a podcast or you have to listen to someone else's commentary on it. You, here's the awesome news. You can have your own relationship with this book. And here's the sad part. We have God's holy, inspired, infallible, perfect Word of God Man, mean, what God says. And many times we just ignore it or it just becomes a, a, you know, something else that goes on our dash or we throw it on our coffee table when we get home. Man, my goal for our church is this. I hope we love this book. Man, I hope we love it. And I love it. I love carrying a Bible. And I know that's old fashioned. A lot of people even do not have phones. Nothing wrong with that. That's cool. But you know, there's just something for me about this book right here. Man, this is the one that travels with me all over as I preach. Man, it's the one that, man, as my dad was dying, I would read scriptures and man, tears would drop off my face onto this Bible. Man, this is the one that every single morning that I crack open and man, it's got notes in there and I stand behind pulpits, you know, all over preaching out. Man, I love my Bible. And I love it not just because of the material of it, but I love it because what 's in it I mean there's been many times in my own personal devotions where i 'm just going through some crud in life. Anybody else ever go through some crud i mean there's many times where i 'm going through it and because man someone some, someone at one point finally said to me, Jake, you need to have a systematic man approach to sit down every morning and be in the word of God and I used to not I used to really struggle with that, but once I started doing that i 'm just telling you. I'll be in the Word and I'll be going through some junk in life and I'll be in some obscure passage and you know what ends up happening? God ends up speaking to me. You know why? Because you know how God speaks to us? He speaks to us through this book. If you're not hearing from God, can I just say this? Maybe it's because you're not in His Word. Listen, if you're not getting the encouragement that you need from Him, maybe you're not spending time. I want to encourage you. I just dare you to maybe if you're not reading anything to take five minutes and just start reading. Maybe take a chapter a day and just do something. Maybe start digging in. We understand this just basically tonight. There's 66 books in this Bible. There's 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. There's over 1,189 chapters in the Bible made up of 31,000 verses. And let me just say, it's all awesome and it's all good when you begin to start studying it. Man, we could go through the whole Old Testament tonight, and I'm not going to bore you with all this, but there's different divisions in the Old Testament that you can begin to study, and the the literature's written in different ways. And, man, it's just an awesome thing, and it's a beautiful thing. It's been inspired by our King, by our Savior, by our God. All Scripture is given by the inspiration. It has been god breathed the very words of the book that you have in front of you and I have in front of me has been breathed by the word of God. And I'm thankful that it's been inspired, but not only has it been inspired, but it's been preserved. We have a copy of God's word. That's awesome tonight. I mean, we have the Bible. Could you imagine growing up in the Old Testament times when they had the first 5 books and that was it? They didn't see see for us, we see Jesus and we see. they didn't see all that stuff, okay? They didn't have the privilege to see that there was a resurrected Christ. They didn't understand necessarily as they were making those sacrifices every day and as they were going to the temple and they make that sacrifice in that Holy of Holies. They didn't every year on the Day of Atonement. They didn't realize that there was a Day of Atonement that was coming and we get to live on the other side of that which is awesome tonight, Right? We have the entire Word of God. They, they hadn't always had that, but we are privileged to live in the day where we have the entire Word of God. I and mean, I love, as you begin to study it, you'll find this, that science backs up the Word of God. And I, I could have Steve come up here for hours, and talk about how science has proven the word over and over. You know, history has proven the word of God over and over and over again. we, We could begin to go through tonight and just pull out different things. Think of the resurrection. How many witnesses at a minimum saw Jesus after he was resurrected? Over 500, okay? I mean, there's so many things. Ten of the original apostles, listen, they died martyrs. Death in 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 1983, uh, there was a, a discovery by a Israeli scholar named Adam Zertal who unearthed a huge sacrificial altar on Mount Ebal, north of Jericho. Its construction perfectly matches the specifications in in Deuteronomy chapter number 27. Over and over and over again, you're going to find things that that confirm what was already said in the Bible. Another thing that I think of right off the bat, just how we know it's God's Word, and we could get really deep into all this stuff, but I want to get to the practical end, is the unity within God's Word. Man, over 1,500 years, over 40 different authors inspired by God, and there is such a unity in the word of God. It is awesome and it is supernatural. We could go tonight for the next 2 hours and talk about fulfilled prophecy. After fulfilled prophecy, where God said something was going to happen and guess what? It happened. Hey, things were going to happen and it ha- we're still we're seeing some of it even unfold not only in the past but in 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 our lives and it's just awesome to see it. Now, I grew up in church here in this you need to read your Bible, just like I already told you. How many of y'all grew up and you've heard it? You need to have devotions. You need to study your Bible. And I remember at church camp, in the mornings, you know, we're junior high boys, and they made us have a quiet time like that Work. Somebody help me, you know. You need to have a quiet time, you need to read your Bible, you know. And I, we, we grow up hearing that stuff. Man, and I honestly, man, I wanted to read it, and I had a desire to read it, and a desire to understand it. And I've shared this with you before, but many times I start out the year. You know what? I'm going to read my Bible every day this year. How many of us have done that before? Anybody, am I the only one that's ever made that commitment before? How many, and how many of us have ever failed at it? I have. Like, man, I'll miss a day. And, man, I, I would try to do that every year. I would be like, man, I'm going to do it this year. I would start the first day through Genesis. Man, i start marking it off. Man, I, I'd do the first few weeks or even months, but by the time I would get to March, man, I'd be lost. I'd be bored. I'd be distracted and discouraged somewhere in the Old Testament. Probably the book of numbers. Somebody help me. Anybody ever done that? And it's like, man, and it just gets old. It's like, man, what? I just can't continue to do this. And honestly, there was times where I'd throw in the towel and I would, and some, and I would give up. And some of the reasons I would give up, man, I'd have trouble staying on track. I'd set a goal and I'd have stubble, trouble staying on a track and I'd feel like I couldn't catch up. I mean, some other issues I had. I, I wouldn't understand what I was reading. How many of us have been there before? Some of us act like we understand it all when we don't, too. There's nothing worse than that. Somebody help me tonight. But, man, I I would struggle with understanding it sometimes. I'd get distracted. Phone would buzz. You ever notice when you sit down to read the word, man, the dog barks, something, a squirrel runs by. You know, something that distracts you. And sometimes, I'll be honest with you, I would feel like a bad Christian or a failure. And I'd be like, you know what, I'm not going to do this. Over the years, from much help, much reading, much learning myself, study and understanding of scripture, the Lord, through my own failure, and listen to me, and through the teaching of others, has taught me some things that have helped me be consistent in it. Um and, and that's it's so important that we are listen, we all should be consistent. I mean, could you imagine if we if I get up here and I'm preaching and teaching and I'm not reading the Bible daily? There's people that do that. There's people probably in our church that lead classes or small groups sometimes that aren't in the word daily. We should be though, guys. We, we should all be in the Word every single day. I mean, I, I want to you know, get a better understanding of Scripture. Maybe you're hearing you say, I want to be more consistent. Man, I mean, I don't want to get distracted. I really have a heart to get in it. I want to love my devotional time. I used to hear people say, like, they read the Bible a whole year, and I'm like, dude, I would love to do that. But I just struggled with it. Man, and I would get frustrated because I'd hear, and I've mentioned pastors too, when I first met him, and he, here he is a kid preacher and he's reading his Bible through four times, you know, four times, five times, six times a year. Not everybody's going to be able to do that. And if we're not careful, I mean, we'll get discouraged because we'll look at somebody else's walk and we'll try to compare our walk to their walk. What I want to give you quickly tonight is just some things to help you get thinking, to get you started, to maybe get you back on track. At the core of the problem for each of us many times, is it's a lack of conviction of the Bible's power and the ability to change and make us more like Christ. I think sometimes we just don't realize what this book will actually do in our lives. Man, it's a, it'll do so much. Um, the goal of reading and studying and applying Scripture is that the believer would be built up, be equipped, and mature for every good work that God has prepared them for. Can Let me just say this as we get in this. You know the Bible will change your spirit? Someone that's got a cruddy spirit all the time, I'm just telling you, they're not in the Word they not someone that listen you know it'll change your mind you'll learn and have better knowledge the bible will change your emotions man what you love and what you what, what you're affection about the bible will change your will your volition the bible has the power to change you your spirit your mind your emotions and will in life if we're going to be more successful in any area here's the thing we must have a goal a goal and here's where the goal comes in it's got to be one that's reasonable it's got to be reasonable like if you, some of you if you never some of us don't need to try to read the bible through a year. Some of us need to decide, you know what, I'm just going to read I'm just going to read it every day this year. Whether that means just the verse of the day, whether that means any, wherever you're at, start somewhere, make a reasonable goal. Make your goal not to just check off a box cuz I've been there as well, but to know, understand, love the sufficiency of scripture. You say, Jake, what do you mean by that? I mean, you should love, there should come a point for all of us where we just love hearing the Bible taught. The preacher doesn't have to get up and run around like a wild man every service, although we need some of that. Somebody help me. But, man, we ought to be able to sit down and just, man, enjoy learning and growing and hearing a Bible study, hearing the preaching mean, do not feel pressured to read it through in a year, but read it and study it every day in some systematic way. I, I suggest maybe if you're not reading right now, a simple way to start just going through the New Testament or maybe picking out a book in the New Testament and just working through it and we'll talk more about some really practical stuff on that in the end so understanding scripture and this is, we're, I'm going to roll through this real quick because we've talked about this a lot but sometimes part of the real reason that we fail we fail to understand scripture and we fail even and, and many times those of us that grew up around some circles in churches we, we, we don't present stuff right it's simply because we don't know what, the, what it's talking about. I've heard some of the wildest sermons in, in my I could start telling you about some of the stuff I've heard preached and you wouldn't believe me okay I'm talking about with packed churches, people amen in it. I heard a, somebody sent me a sermon yesterday. It was the biggest load of trash I ever heard in my life. It was a preacher that got up and basically just talked bad about other preachers the entire time. And there's people sitting in a congregation and they're cheering them on and they're agging them on. I've seen other services look like almost like a hate speech event. Where they're just being mean. People are just cheering them on. Like never opens the Bible. I've been in services where people will say this, for sake of time, don't open your Bible. I've been to multiple services like that, Um, so this is important for us. And I hope our church, because of the way that we teach and preach and try to train and disciple on this stuff, when we hear junk food, man, I hope that man we spit it out and we're like, you know what, that something ain't right there. Okay, man. If there's if, and let me just say this, man, if we're hearing preaching and it's not scripturally soaked, man, there's a red flag. If we're in a place where the preacher's word is elevated. Higher than God's Word? I mean, we got to be careful. And there's places like that, both on the far right and on the far left. Sometimes we'll just give one side a hard time, but can I just say it's both sides. When people, the pulpit isn't the throne of the preacher. It's the throne of the Word of God. God's, somebody better help me tonight. God's Word, exalted, taught, lifted up, and put Out there. So, the first thing that we want to do as we dive into a text is this is just we need to observe. Observation. What does it say? That's a good place to start, right? What does it actually say? Here's where we make a mistake. Many of us automatically jump to some commentary or some book or to what somebody else says. You know, the first thing you need to do if you're saved by the grace of God, guess what indwells inside of you? Everybody, right up here, listen to me tonight. What is it? The Spirit of God. Man, the first thing you need to do is read the Word and just you and God. You don't need Dr. So-and-so right off the bat. Now, we'll get to that in a minute. But start by just reading the Word of God. Say, God, speak to me through Your Word by Your Spirit. What does it say, man? One of the things I try to do, and uh, was talking to Merritt right before church. He's asking how we we study and stuff. The first thing that I want to do is begin to read it over and over again, man. Begin to read a section and try to get a grasp on what it's saying. Write down, man. What what I. What I do is I begin to write on it and, and try to circle things and underline things I don't understand, but I want to have a good understanding of what it says. A secret to observation and Bible study is to look, man, what is God in this passage? Man, he, he, you know, is he, you know, what is God doing here? Maybe ask that question. Ask this question, what is God like? What is it saying God's like in this passage? How does God work? What is he doing? What, what is he revealing? Because you understand scripture is revealing God's word. Remember, we are not studying the Word, as much, uh, the Word of God. And here's, here's the important thing to think about. We're not studying the Word of God as much as we are studying the God of the Word. This is His story. Man, from Genesis chapter number 1 to the book of maps, there's a common thread and it's God. It's Jesus, okay? So we need to be looking for that. So man, what is it, just simply stopping and say, man, what does this say? Second thing, man, that we want to do is ask this question. What does it mean? Not only what does it say, but what does it mean? First, what does it say? And now you ask, what does it mean? And people say, you know, doesn't the Bible mean what it says? And sometimes the Bible means what it means, not just what it says. Okay? And I'll explain that. Every piece is a form of communication. For instance, we often use metaphors, right? I mean, we'll say say some metaphor. We use analogies. We use phrases that don't literally mean what they mean. The Bible does the same thing. It's kind of like this. If I say, I'm pulling your leg, am I meaning I literally pull your leg? No! It's using a metaphor. I was joking with you. So, if we're not careful, man, verses can be misinterpreted if we ignore ignore what's really being said and the rules of interpretation. Man, some basic rules of interpretation here. And I can send you these. I know we don't have notes out here tonight. But the first one is this. Consider the historical context. Who is is being spoken to, and why. I mean, you'll notice, that we just finished Colossians, the first seven or eight minutes of every sermon in Colossians, what do we do? We go back and re- review the context. Why? Because that matters. Who's it's being written to, and why it's being written. I mean, that's everything. I mean, that's the foundation of, as we begin to study this. We've got to ask this question, what did it mean to the original audience? I mean, we've got to know what was actually being said. What I mean is that you ask this question who is being spoken to and why? Who is being spoken to and why were they being told this? Until we know why, what, when, and who. Man, we don't know what we can't know what this passage means. Man, and, and and one of the things you can do if you have a study Bible is as you begin a book, you know, the first page in there, you know what it's gonna tell you? It's gonna answer these questions. Who wrote it, why it was written, and who it was written to it is vital to understand the context who's he talking to and why is he saying it? the second thing is this define key words you ever read the bible especially if you if you read the king james you're going to see word after word and i'm just telling you, you don't know what it means you know how i know because i don't know what they mean bible scholars many times have to look up and figure out what some of the words mean you got to define these words if you're going to get the right meaning of a verse, you've got to make sure that you understand what the word means, not what you think it means. Just, and here's this is why. Just because it means something somewhere else doesn't mean that that word means in that t- particular verse. Many words with the same spelling have multiple meanings for that word. Does that make sense to everybody? For instance, the word pin, P-I-N, has over 60 different meanings. So, I got to know which meaning it is. I Man, it could mean a short, stiff piece of wire with a short, sharp point. I Man, it could mean a thin rod for fastening fractured bones. It could mean a part of a lock, a, a baker's rolling pin, a button or a brooch, a bowling pin. We could go on. Does everybody see what I'm saying? So, if I don't look up what it actually means there, I could get into a lot of trouble while I'm reading the verse. Listen. We've, got to, we've just got to stop and think about that. I know people that the word fire, every time they see fire, they think it's going to be mean hell. Okay, We've got to be careful about those types of, of defining those words. So one of the best things you could do is get, we live in the day when there's so many good resources for definitions and for dictionaries to understand what a word means. If you don't know what a word means, circle it and go look for the definition for it. You know, that's okay. Man, don't just try to, just try to force it. Okay. So, and something else is we something else that can get us in trouble when interpretation is this. We've got to interpret the unclear verses with the clear verses. Okay. The Bible always agrees with itself. So many times a verse can't just stand alone. You've got to see what the verses around it. You've got to see other verses that relate to it, and you've got to look up other verses that go along with the subject that you're studying. And then something I, I write down a lot is this: look for the obvious meaning. I know people who will spend so much time in the weeds, they're missing what's right in front of them. I know people right now who study eschatology so much and they're, and they're worried about if they're pre premillennial post-millennial, mid trip whatever they are, and their life's a wreck. You see what I'm saying? We've got to start with the basics. We've got to make sure we're grounded in the truth. We've got to look for what God has for us, the obvious meanings, the things that's right in front of us. And look for the obvious meaning in the text. You know, that's exact opposite what a lot of people do. There are some mysteries in the Bible, but the Bible's not necessarily mysterious. God's not trying to trick you. Y'all realize that? I mean, He's not trying to trick you into something. So, it's not mystical. It may have some mystery to it, but it's not mystical. The purpose of the Bible is not to conceal. You know what the purpose of it is, everybody up here? It's to reveal. It's not to hide stuff from you. Don't try to make every detail in the story mean something. I've seen that too. Every word, they want to have some spiritual meaning. When there's, there, you know, Some of the stories in the Bible, there's a detail that doesn't have a spiritual meaning. It's just part of the story. It's just there to give the description. Don't try to make every, and we call this typology. Some people overdo it. Like everything they see is going to be some picture or something. So we've got to be careful about that. The third thing is this, and I've got to hurry. Correlation, what other verses explain it. I mean, I ask myself, is there anything else in the Bible that would help me understand what I'm reading right now? And so you, you compare Scripture with Scripture. The best commentary on the Bible. Anybody know what it is? People ask me, what's the best commentary, preacher? Somebody help me out. What do you think it is? The Bible! It's not, so, Gospels, you think of this, they tell the story more than once. Man, man, is there anything else as I'm reading this gospel that the other gospels mention about these people? Man, these qualities. You don't have to learn Greek and Hebrew. Man, you can purchase a good study Bible and it will help you a ton. That, know what you're, you know, so just think about that. And then the last thing, and this is where we rush a lot of times if we're not careful, is we go straight to application. We can't get to the application until we've done the other steps. When we get to application, it's this. We ask this question, what will I do about it? Now that I've read it, now that I understand it, what am I going to do about it? There's a lot of people, and I've been guilty of this in the past. I read it, I understand it, but then I never do anything about it. That's most of our churches in the world. We hear it, we even understand it, but then it never affects us. That's Remember Colossians chapters 1 and 2 was the theologies? Chapter 3 and 4 was what? What we were supposed to do with that theology. Man, we've got to take what we hear and apply it. Man, how we do that is, man, picture it. Visualize the scene in your mind. Use your imagination as you're reading the Word of God. Pronounce it. Man, a... a Pronounce the words out loud. My pastor, Dr. Tool, he reads his Bible through quarterly, and he reads all of it out loud. He stands up every morning, opens it, and he reads it out loud. It helps him to, to hear it, to say it, and to read it. That's a really good idea if you don't do that. Maybe you've struggled with it. It'll, it, it, it'll take you a lot longer to read. Um, but he does, he does that, and that, that's something that can help you. Maybe paraphrase it. After you've read it and you understand it, write it down in your own words, what God's doing in your life through it. Personalize it pray it man pray those verses back to God um some questions that 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 I'll ask sometimes is this as I'm studying and reading is there a sin that I need to confess as I'm reading this when it comes to application is there a promise maybe that I need to claim is God trying to teach me something here is there an attitude maybe I need to change man that would change some of our lives man is there a command here that he's given us that we need to obey is there an example to follow? Is there an error to avoid? Is there a truth to believe? Maybe is there something to praise God for? As I read through the Psalms, man, there's many times where I'll stop and I'll have a praise service right there in my, in my, in my office or in that quiet time. Man, it's an awesome thing. Application must be personal. You know, we're really good at looking at application for other people. But we've got to make it personal. Man, what can I apply in my life? I've got to apply it to me. It needs to be practical and possible. When I say that, it needs to be something that I can do. I mean, it needs to be, uh, you know, it needs to be powerful. We must depend on the Holy Spirit as he guides us. It must be spiritually understood. So I want to give you, and I know this sounds like a lot because we only have nine minutes left. I want to give you eight things real quickly on how to be consistent. And I want you to just think, everybody look at me real quick. Everybody, everybody look right up here. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Are you cons- am I consistent in my Bible reading right now? I want you to ask that. I'm not asking how long you've been in church. I'm not asking if you have a seminary degree asking you this. Am I consistent in my Bible reading right now? Doug, last week, what did we talk about? Prayer. And he challenged us. 31 days, let's pray. Man, am I consistent? Am I consistent, Christian? In the, I'm not going to, I hear from God, maybe from the preaching, but I'm not going to consistently hear from Him every day if I'm not in the Word. So I need to ask that question. Am I consistent? And that's my challenge for you. Man, it's our attendance around the Word of God as a church daily. Man, I want to encourage us with this. So, a couple things to be consistent. If you're one of those ones that has struggled with it, I want to give you these things. First is do not set unrealistic expectations. We, I've shared this with y'all before. Two years ago, we read through the entire Bible in January. That was stupid. It's ridiculous. Set realistic expectations. If you're not reading it, if you're not reading it at all, don't try to read it through in a year. Pick a book, and you know what? Say I'm going for the next thirty days. I'm going to read this. Maybe if you're struggling, let me give you a goal you could do. Proverbs has 31 days as we get ready to, or 31 chapters. When you get ready to start September, maybe you say, you know what? I'm going to try to create this habit. Every single day, I'm going to read a book of Pro, a chapter of Proverbs. Good way to start, simple way. Almost seems like a kid thing, but for some of us, that would be a huge step. You figure out what's that next step for you. Secondly, one thing that I started doing that's really helped me is pray before I begin. I used to just hop on that thing and start reading it on my U version and checking it off. And I, I keep my U version app open and I read it out of my Bible and I check it off because I do like to keep track of it. But one of the things that I started doing so it doesn't just become a routine thing that I do where I'm not getting anything out of, stop and say, God, would you speak to me today through your word? God, would you help me to understand this? Man, pray before you start. Thirdly, write this one down if you're if you are taking notes. Have a place that you go and do it. Have a place that you go and do it. One of, the, one of the, if you don't have a place, if you don't have a time, I'll just tell you this right now, you ain't going to do it. It ain't going to happen. Have a place, have a time. That's the next one. Schedule it daily. Um, you know, for me, and I know we all have different schedules. For me, early in the morning is the best time for me. Before my day gets started, I like to do it. I have other friends that do it at night. I'm not saying when's the best or what when's the worst. Do it sometime. My dad, for years, read on his lunch break every day. He would go out to his car lunch break. He would open his Bible every day at lunch. And as he's eating lunch, he would read the Word. The point is we all need to have it scheduled sometime. If we don't, how many of y'all figured out? If we don't schedule something, we ain't going to do it. And if we want to do something, guess what we're going to do? We're going to schedule it and we're going to do it. So, men, have a place, schedule it daily. And this is a hard one. This next one's something I had to do. Remove distractions. Remove distractions. There, There's a new... I don't know if it's new anymore, but there's this thing if you have an iPhone that you can turn on and it's awesome. It's called Do Not Disturb. My phone stays on Do Not Disturb. You know why? Because I can check text messages every couple hours rather than every time it buzzes. Man, I can check my voicemail and then call back instead of having instant access. When you're going into your Personal, I would sit down on my computer and I got notifications popping up here, phone buzzing here, you know, I'm, and I'm going all over the place. And I'm just telling you, I couldn't concentrate. You can carve out 30 minutes of your day to where you don't have any distractions. It's possible to do it. And I'm telling you, you'll, you'll love it once you start doing it. If you struggle maybe doing it at home because you know there's work to do and stuff like that, find a place, man. I We used to go, I mean, you can do, go out on the porch, I mean, go outside, go, you know, go for a walk as you're praying and then come back and read the Word. Figure out what works for you, but have a time, have a place, schedule it. Remove distractions. Turn off your phone. Stay away from your computer. Do it when the kids can't bother you. Because I'm telling you, if you if you sit down to try to do it with the kid, they're just going to bother you. That's just how it's going to work. You got to figure out what will work. Um, next, write down things you do not understand. Look them up. We live in we live in a world where we have we have the ability man to study so easily there are millions of free resources to study i'll give you one right now that would you, you would never need to know one it's called precept austin something we use all the time it's got thousands and thousands of great resources on it very simple look it up there's no in the day that we in, live in with the advancement of technology and resources there's no reason in the world that we couldn't be better students Write it down. Use a trusted guide commentary, study a Bible or book. Um, some of the study Bibles, Ryrie Study Bible's awesome. David Jeremiah's Study Bible's awesome. MacArthur's Study Bible's awesome. Those are all Bibles you can get, and it's going to have something for every single verse that can help you learn and help you grow. It'll give you the context. We're so e- They made it so easy for us anymore, so I would encourage you to do that. Something that I do too, and, and, and maybe you want one of those I can recommend some more to you if you get a hold of me. Um, as you're reading, don't be scared to either write it up or highlight it up, mark it up. It's okay. That's up to you. I know everybody's different. I have one Bible I never write in. I have another one that looks like a kid, kid got a hold of it, okay? my One that I really read and I really get in there. For me, I just my mind works that way. I write it up. I highlight. I circle things. Man, I mean, figure out what works for you to absorb it. And then I would say this is the last one we're done, and this is so important right here, guys. Find a systematic plan and find what works for you. Find a systematic plan and find what works for you. So, once again, there are so many resources. If you got on your computer when you get home or on your phone on the way home and you Google Bible reading plan, you, you don't have enough time in your life to go through all the pages that are going to come up. Seriously. If you've got the version app and you go on there, there's, subject, there's plans on subjects. The one I'm doing this year is the chronological bible it goes through it chronologically you can do a book study you can i mean there's so many different ways to do it it's so easy you can set up your phone where it reminds you every day to do it you can get a pop-up reminder notification you can get an email you can get you can set it up listen there's no you can have it right there That first you can get in your card even as you're driving or hit play and maybe that's where some of us need to start just listen to it if you can't read it do something, though, is all I'm saying. It's so simple in the world that we live in. So I want you to think about that as we go. And the question that I ask is this, as we started tonight. Do I, and you ask yourself this, have a personal time where I just study the Word a little bit? Man, I want to encourage you, if you don't, I'm not beating you up. Because I was there and I've been there. I want to encourage you to get tomorrow to start. Maybe you're here and you started this year and in the past you've been through it, and you, 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 you've been in the Word, but you kind of just gotten where you're not in it like you once were, I want to encourage you tomorrow, just get in it. I mean, you'll learn to love, I'm telling you this book, you will learn to love the Word of God. Maybe something that you'll do as we get ready to start a new book here in the next month or two. I have. There's many people in our church who will study the book that we're going to be studying. And In December, we're going to be starting one of the Gospels again. We're going to start the book of Luke in December, and I'm excited about that. But maybe decide, you know what, in Luke, when we start in December, I'm going to start reading just that next section that we're going to go to. There's so many creative ways that you can learn to do it. Um, so I just want to encourage you to think about that tonight. Those are things that every Christian should know. And unfortunately, many of us, myself included, even after I went to an institution that didn't even touch, teach me to study the Bible like they should have. And so I'm very passionate about it. It's, man, we've got to be in it. We've got to be in the Word.